Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Hello, welcome back. So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about stories of courage and walking boldly in your faith. Um, there's some people that don't even realize that that's what they're doing, but then they realized that like Sarah from last week, the Canadian frontline nurse, she had talked about growing up, not believing in a God at all, then you know, it changed as she was healing through her traumas. And then she realized after she spoke the truth out loud, uh, her life completely changed. And I think that if people walked in their calling, if people humbled themselves before God and they looked and cared more about what happens once we leave this world, it would make this world an absolutely better place. And so today I am so excited to bring on my show for the first time, which I can't believe this is the first time I've had her on, uh, the Melissa McAtee, who blew the whistle on Pfizer. Her story came out a few weeks after mine did with James O'Keefe. And she just turned this world upside down. Uh, We're going to talk about the impact that she has made. I see it every day when I, when people comment on social media posts and um, let's just welcome her. Welcome, Melissa. Thank you. Hi, Jody. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's so nice to see you again. I know it is. We, a couple of times we were able to get together when Project Veritas hosted events, but you know, I think those days are done with them, right? It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. yeah. Super unfortunate. Um, all right, Melissa. Well, you know what, let's, uh, why don't you just start off and introduce my, uh, yourself to the audience and let them know what you did, which is actually like earth shattering. Uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, um, I worked at Pfizer. I was a employee of about 10 years. I was coming up on my 10 years um, working there when the pandemic hit. And I never once thought my company was evil. Um, granted, I thought that they were kind of crummy to work for, but that was about the extent Um, And then when the pandemic came, I started noticing sketchy stuff going on, like quality things not being followed, um, protocols getting overlooked and everything on purpose and things like that. And um, I was a quality auditor out there, which means it was my job to inspect product, to give it the thumbs up that it's good to go to the customer. And I was in charge of starting um, batches, ending batches. 
um, verifying paperwork, checking charts, putting product on hold. I had a very large uh, job description. And mm-hmm. so um, I was one of the first auditors to look at the COVID vaccine. And when I first walked down on it, it was glowing on the table, which uh, <laughs> then led me to go email communications and ask them, hey, why is the vial glowing? Like, why does the solution glow this kind of periwinkle color, a bluish purple? And they said, we aren't aware of any glowing. Do you have any pictures? And I was like, so these people who are answering all of the questions to everyone in the world who emails Pfizer and asks them questions about the vaccine, they don't even know what it looks like. That was a very rude awakening, right? of course. And then when I went to go check the paperwork, um, that is like a, we call it a controlled monograph. And it's a, it's a form that gives description of the product. So you know if there's any um, deviations from that. So for example, color change, improper lid color, things like that, you know? Okay. And uh, it said that it was clear to a slight yellow in the color description, which was wrong. Uh, and so I brought that to my um, superior and he talked to his superior and they said they dismissed it. It's fine. Keep doing your job. What? Yeah. Wow. And so, of course, people on the line, people who actually were seeing this product were very upset, especially those who had already received the vaccine and things like that. And that was the day my trust went out the window for the company. And then I started to do more somewhat investigative observations, I would call it. Um, I wasn't like intentionally digging through stuff until I accidentally ended up searching the database on accident. It's a, which most people would say accident. I say it's the Holy spirit guiding you, whatever. But, um, I accidentally searched the database and started finding, um, documents on graphene oxide. And it was actually the report from Spain, um, that the media was um, debunking saying didn't exist and wasn't authentic. And there it was in Pfizer's database that a, um, lab in Spain had found graphene oxide and vials, and they were wanting more vials to sample and test and was bringing this problem to Pfizer and Pfizer ignored it. They were belittled. I'm sure everybody heard about a lot of people heard about that. And then that's when I learned I had access to the database. Um, I watched an interview, um, where a woman who was a doctor claimed that they use codes in their documents um, for describing some of the horrific things, quote unquote, conspiracy theories that were going around at the time. And I searched those um, code words in the database. And that's when I found the aborted fetal cell line emails, which I leaked to Project Veritas. And then um, the graphene oxide emails, which um, we didn't get to release simply because um, they wanted to focus on um, things that were without a data fact. So the graphene oxide is they basically said, we can't guarantee it's not in there. That's right. basically what the email says. They can't guarantee graph- graphene oxide's not in those vaccines. I also found PowerPoints talking about um, depopulation or um, target populations with the vaccine, which originally you could think, oh, they're just, uh, those are the people that need the vaccine that aren't approved to get it yet. But why was unstudied populations the number one target? Wow. Seemed a little odd to me. So I found several things I stole, or let me rephrase that. I took probably a <laughs> hundred of their documents and went through them on my old time. I took a leave of absence, a mental health leave of absence so that I could, was I crazy or was I seeing what I was seeing? 
Yeah. I reached out to every news source you could think of. Didn't get response from anything. I never heard of Project Veritas. I had some friends message me and say that used to work with me at Pfizer, but they didn't anymore. And they said, you need to email Project Veritas. Here's their email. Mm-hmm. Email them, got nothing. So I kind of basically had lost hope, right? I'm pretty depressed. I think you probably could relate to that feeling. Yes. That, uh, that helpless feeling of, I. it's this burden of knowing and people around you thinking you're crazy and going and lining up and getting these jabs and parking lots mm-hmm. at grocery stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they had the native literally. Americans pulling up in their car, like cattle. I mean, yep. and everywhere around the country. Yeah. I, I can absolutely empathize with, am I crazy? Is it, how, how is every single person around me following this? Yes. Right. I, and like not asking me, that was something that was surprising. People knew that I worked at Pfizer. Why did no one ask me, Hey, is this, is there weird stuff? Do you think it's safe? No one ever asked me that. Nobody mm-hmm. ever. Asked and you, me that. you live in a small town. Yes. Yes. And, um, and you're also, how old are you now? I turn 31 tomorrow, September 29th. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, it's so, 29. So you were 19 years old when you started off at Pfizer. And at the age of 29, when most people would be like, that's not my job. I'm not doing this. Right. Um, I mean, your head down, get your benefits. Yeah. Keep your benefits. I mean, for this time, you had already been there for 10 years. You could have retired. Well, I, I actually qualified for supervisor after 10 years and I was going to do that. I planned on fully retiring there. Yeah. I, I planned on fully retiring with the native, with the government. And I thought Mm -hmm. probably like you, and we've discussed this before that we were at the pinnacle of our careers. We were working for an amazing company, amazing benefits, and we were going to retire with a fat pension. Yep. Yep. That's pretty much what I thought. And it was, it literally came crashing down when I saw those glowing vials. Cause up until that point, it was just theory. Mm -hmm. There was no fat. Mm-hmm. So that was all really life changing for me. And um, actually, um, we celebrated my husband's 30th birthday. While I knew this information, I found those documents, I believe it was Octo- uh, August 19th, 2021. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried reaching out, I was on mental health leave for about a month. And then on oh my um, gosh, you about a month, huh? Yes, I'd taken it before, actually, um, for years, years before that, I had started a new medication that had symptoms. And so I had to be on leave for that. So this was um, my I hadn't this wasn't my first time. Yeah. So you had FMLA already. Yes. And Pfizer is actually very good with their mental health, I would say, in the sense of if you have a uh, if a psychiatrist says, hey, I think they need some time off. Mm-hmm. This is why here and they're actually good at that with full pay and benefits. Yeah. So that was all really nice of them to do. But again, that's so people don't want to lose that. They give you those good benefits and they give you the money. They give you all that so that you won't want to leave that. You know what I find very interesting hearing this because I've never heard you say that about the taking off or the mental health leave. I, you and I were both on mental health leave around the same time, contemplating mm-hmm. coming forward. Yeah, and what to do. that's what I did. Yeah, I I said I can't, I can't be. I thought I was going insane. I needed a doctor to tell me I wasn't. And in fact, my psychiatrist was probably one of the first people to see the documents. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, that and what did what did he say? What did well, she she mm-hmm. just she was um she was kind of a friend. Like, what's the word? Like, she wasn't a typical uh, psychiatrist. Like, yeah, she gave you drugs if you wanted it or whatever. But she was also very well aware that this was a scam going on in the country. Okay. Okay. So she was very well aware. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so she actually ha- had no problem writing me off for the time off. She's like, yeah, you need it. That place is crazy. And yeah. so, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had to make sure I was reading things correctly, that my mind wasn't playing tricks on me. Like I was really genuinely scared of that. I thought I was going crazy because mm-hmm. it was all no longer theory. It was all fact. And it was right there in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And then when, um, I found those documents on August 19th. That was the last day in the plant. Um, the day that I went down, I noticed they were blacking out windows down on the manufacturing lines, which is a big no-no. You're supposed to be seen at all times mm-hmm. in the plant and wherever you're at because we have controlled controlled substances. They don't know what you're doing in there. Right. So uh, all that and I took But they didn't care. Back. They didn't care about that part. They just but wanted to. They the- did it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I asked the people, why are they blacking out windows? They said the FDA was coming. Mm -hmm. That was the answer. So, I mean, that alone um, was very upsetting to me also that day. And then um, I ended up seeing your video. This was after emailing Project Veritas the first time. This was um, later. And um, somebody sent me your video. And I don't remember who it was. Someone did. And I watched it. And you said that you fear God and not man. And I'm like, well, that's how I feel. Why aren't I trying harder? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I'll email again and this was also when they were trying to approve the vaccine to children so i had kind of a fire under my butt as you could say right to try to hurry and um i knew um the vaccine mandate was coming to pfizer it hadn't been through the whole pandemic all through until um october 2021 was when they wanted you vaccinated by i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. was around that and i knew that mandate was coming and so when i took my uh, mental health leave of absence and I was contemplating I saw your video I emailed them again just in hopes and within like 15-20 minutes they responded mm-hmm. and uh, they were very responsive because I think they were kind of excited I'm still kind of discouraged to this day that I'm one of the only actual whistleblowers employed by Pfizer that's um, a lot of contractors you've got a lot of you know people who maybe work there three months but you don't have anybody a long-term employee who was directly employed by Pfizer. Right. Uh, which um you know is kind of discouraging but at the same time I know so many people want to but they're scared. They, uh, or the or money, you know. Money benefits. One, actually one of my good friends her brother-in-law is the VP of Pfizer. Hmm. Right now the sitting one? Yeah. Well, yeah, I I believe, I don't know if he's at the top, but, you know, she talks about it and, you know, it's, it's I'm like, man, record that man, record him, you know, but if I, that's one of my only regrets is I wish I would have gone back and gotten more proof of my claims. Mm. Okay. So you took the time off and you just never went back. I never, I, I literally decided the day that I read those documents, it's like the Holy Spirit said, you won't be back. Yeah. So I cleared out my desk quietly. I cleared out my locker quietly. Um, I kept to myself the rest of the day. I showed my emails to one of my coworkers. He confirmed that I wasn't crazy and was reading what I thought I was. And he was quitting anyways. He'd actually just put in his two weeks. Um, another long-term loyal employee fed up. That's what mm-hmm. that was. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, when Project Veritas was like, again, I had never looked into him. The only video I'd seen of, by them was you. And so I thought I was meeting up with this guy, this young guy um, in his basement to do an interview. Like I had no (laughs) idea that they were as big as they were until the day before I flew out to New York to do the interview. And I saw that James had been on Candace Owens and all this other stuff. And I was like, "Uh oh, Uh, I guess this is kind of a bigger fish than I thought. Yeah. You're like, this is going to go viral around the world. And I had never heard of him. And it's so funny how God works because I say that I'd never heard of James O'Keefe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, um, when I was going through my old phone, I'm trying to find more proof and pictures um, from my employment there. Yeah. I came across screenshots I had taken of James O'Keefe's tweets and I had, <sighs> didn't even know that it was him like <laughs> later. <laughs> and I was like, that's so crazy that I didn't ever know that that was him. And right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know anything about Project Veritas until I I think it was maybe June. I I saw Ivory Hecker come out live on Mm -hmm. Fox and then I found Project Veritas. So I I I was just like, who am I going to blow the whistle to? The HHS, I'm blowing the whistle on them. They're corrupt and we don't have time to go through this process. You know, Mm -hmm. like you, it takes years. Yeah. And I, and I thought people need to know and they need to know now. So lawyers wouldn't even help me. Right. Um, The good lawyers, they told me, they said, um, one of them specifically previously worked in the DOD or DOJ and they left me hanging for a few hours because they knew this was urgent. So they called me back. They said, Hey, look, I can't say much. But all I'm going to say is sometimes stuff like this is better leaked through the media than it is the legal way. Mm-hmm. He said, because um, this will take years. Yeah. And he said, and as you said, they're trying to get this to kids. I highly suggest you find a media that will take this. Mm-hmm. I checked my local media. Um, I'll say Wichita, Kansas. I checked Wichita, Kansas, found out they're owned by California. They won't want nothing to do with me. They wouldn't open, answer anything. Same with Fox, CNN. MSN, uh, any media source you can think of, I emailed them and I don't even know if they were read. I don't know. All I know is I never got responses. So when I heard from Project Veritas, I was relieved. I'm sure that there's some people out there can that can understand like everybody kind of goes through something at least once where they feel helpless. Mm-hmm. Um, like they believe something's wrong or something's going on. No one believes them. And yeah this was life-changing information. And so it was really rough, but um, I'm still have no regrets of coming forward. However, I do wish I did go back and get more info. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, when, if I look back and if I had to say I had any regrets, I would have um, started a podcast early in 2020 and spoke out on that and, and try to just, you know, be, be more of a voice than on my Facebook group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. And I was censored on everything and I didn't even know what was truth. I was just watching these, uh, Stu Peters was the main one I was watching at the time, just because that's what everybody was sending in the, because actually Pfizer, when we knew the mandate was coming, we made it anti-vax group council. And it was a chat of a lot of people and they would share things in there and help each other. And, um, all of that. And so that's where I was getting a lot of my information from. I, I was pretty much, um, 
before I came to Christ in January 2019, I was a liberal atheist. So I had a lot of undoing of my false belief systems um, that even lingered over after becoming a Christian, such as vaccines are good, you know? Yeah. Wow. So, so the nurse that I interviewed, um, last week, she was talking about how she was atheist and then went agnostic and then, you know, um, but, but everything like leads you up to becoming who God wants you to be. And when you follow the will of God, you know, you, you walk in your purpose. And so, so tell our listeners, you know, how the experience was blowing the whistle and after the fact and, and how you are doing today. Well, I've always struggled from anxiety. And when I say anxiety, I mean, severe, like I would shake uncontrollably. I'd get sick physically, stuff like that. I wouldn't sleep for days. And when I whistle blew, normally I'm terrified of flying also, right? And I hadn't flown, been in a plane in a while when Project Veritas was flying me out. So I was at first nervous, but then a peace that surpasses all understanding was over me probably the entire time. I never was worried on the plane. I was never worried. Um, I used to have like, what's the word, like fangirl syndrome when you would get giddy about a celebrity or something that all went away when I became a Christian. I just wasn't into celebrities and stuff. And so I wasn't nervous about meeting James or um, later Candace Owens. That was great to meet her, but I wasn't even nervous for that. You know, just. No, I, I, I was actually, I was very impressed by, I actually was a little envious of how well you spoke. And how well you maintain composure and your words. I, I think, you know, I, I I was just blown away by you. And I think I've told you that, like, you speak so well and, and so controlled. So, yeah, you, it seems like, you know, you were lifted of that anxiety. It, it really, and I still am. Oh, um, God. You know, I've never really been too worried, you know, about them coming after me or anything like that. Yeah. I have very good security you know, things like that. I just haven't. And plus I just trust God. Like, I mean, he hid Lot and his daughters from the men in Sodom and Gomorrah. So I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't too worried. Um, I think some of the, I will say it was probably the best feeling in the world to see my story finally come out and the positive comments. That was probably the emails and messages I would get every day about, Hey, your story helped convince my mom. Hey, your story helped Mm -hmm. convince my sister. Um, one of my friends who's a nurse, um, she was very, you know, by the book COVID, you know, nurse, like a get vaccine, you go to the hospital, you get rid of the ventilators are saving lives, not killing them all this. And when my story came out, I sent it to her. No, her cousin sent it to her. And a couple of days later, she she says, you know, you're the only person to ever make me doubt what I've done. Mm. And she said, um, and I know you and I know you're not crazy and I believe you and I know you're honest and I believe you. And th- that changed her mind, which was just. I don't know, that's why I did it. I wanted people to know the truth. And um, that was one of the best feelings of the whistleblowing was seeing that something good came from it. Yeah. Um, in other people's lives, regular people all over the world, apparently, because I've heard from oh. people all over. Yeah. And it's just been a true blessing that way. And 
Um, the interviews I've probably done over a hundred interviews since then. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them, I say something new, you know, cause uh-huh. people, I, I forgot something once and then, or someone asked a question I just hadn't been asked yet, different things like that. And, mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite conversations, of course, are the spiritual and faith focused ones, because I wouldn't have come forward if it wasn't for God, because to know who I was before God, she needed the money. She wanted the benefits. She yeah. wanted to just do her work, go home and spend her money. Mm-hmm. Um, but that all changed. And that's all because of God. So um, all glory yeah. to him. I couldn't do anything on my own. Um, so, Right. Yeah, it was so, all a good. Sorry, it was all a good experience with James and Project Veritas. I mm-hmm. love Project Veritas. Um, the divorce and now death of Project Veritas has just tore me apart in the sense of like I truly thought Project Veritas would go down in history as one of the only trustworthy journalist organizations, and then that's just out the window. That's just out the window because now there's always going to be that question of who was bought on the board who did this, who did what, it's always going to be this doubt now. And that's just devastating to me. That's probably the sad, one of the saddest things that have happened uh, since whistleblowing. Yeah, I agree. What are, what are your thoughts on uh, Project Veritas? What, what do you think happened? I mean, I have my own opinions, but they're unfounded. It's just a feeling I get. I feel like whoever wanted to destroy them succeeded. Whether that be someone inside, someone close, or whoever, I think that it was a, a, a goal to destroy Project Veritas, and it happened. And I think James said, I'm not going down. I'm going to keep going. He hit the ground running. And now I hope that OMG, O'Keefe Media Group, is that new media we can trust that will last the test of time and last the censorship and big gov and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you trust James O'Keefe? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, he's given me no reason not to. Um, he's the only person that would tell my story. And believe me, um, I'm met with skepticism all the time from people like you trust him. And I'm like, why wouldn't I? You told my story when no one else would. Um, and I'm not bought and controlled ops. So I'd like to think that not everybody is, you right. know? Right. No, I agree with you on that. I mean, we we've had conversations about it, but I think it's important to, to let the, I mean, you and I, I believe are, we're his highest story, uh, biggest whistleblowers that came out. I think maybe the most views, um, that and carries, I think the CNN one with the Epstein. Okay. Where yeah. she was on the the hot mic or whatever, talking about how she had the Epstein story and all that, and they wouldn't let her run it. That was Carrie, I think, that came forward with that. Carrie, That's Carrie, only- Porch. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I could be wrong, but I, I think we're one of the higher up ones because we we kind of came out at a time when it was critical, and I think people right. were thirsty for what's the word? Um, the truth. Well, they were thirsty for like honesty. Proof they were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right, they were right, crazy. Right. Like that their hunches were right, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, and I had, you know, hit pieces, of course, people saying I did it for the money or I did it for whatever reason they want to throw at me. But the only reason was because God wanted me to, because that's how he works. That's what he wanted. Um, so I did it. You do what he tells you to or guides you to. 
Yeah, that that's right. I I agree. I'm excited to get into uh get into your relationship with him on the second half of the show but first guys we are um nurses out loud you are listening to nurses out loud on america out loud talk radio i'm your host nurse jody o'malley you can find me here every friday at 10 a.m eastern time or 11 p.m eastern time for our encore presentation five days a week you have a different nurse host that is speaking the out loud truth. And so I, I encourage you to like, share, review our show on whatever platform it is that you are listening to us on now. Um, it's so important. You know, we we need people to know the truth. And the only way that our voices get heard is if you share it, because Lord knows they're not allowing us to really uh, get higher followers or ratings just from the Google algorithm. (laughs) But while you are listening, and I want you to remember to go to americaoutloud.shop and you will get exclusive savings for our out loud listeners. Our product that our flagship product on Nurses Out Loud is a SIA Redox. It is a cell signaling supplement, and we I have been taking this now for a couple months. I went and toured their plant in February and made sure that um, it was a product that we could all stand behind, and my energy has just excelled. It is an amazing product, and you get an exclusive discount for America Out Loud Talk Radio listeners. We'll be right back. It's time and then. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with oxy powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why oxy powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. It's time. 
Welcome back. Thank you for listening to Nurses Out Loud with Melissa McAtee, the Pfizer whistleblower. Melissa and I are celebrating our two-year anniversary. Mine was in September and in this month, and hers is in October. And so it's just amazing to sit down and talk with Melissa. I think in the beginning, you kind of touched on, you heard my story I said in an interview with James O'Keefe, which was an awesome, uh, what do they call it? Like a viral moment that I had when he asked me and I was scared. I mean, I was terrified inside. I was shaking. I was so nervous. I just thought, what if I say the wrong thing? You know, I don't want to sound like an idiot. I'm a nurse. And and all these things, you know, because it's it's nerve wracking to public speak, especially when you have cameras in your face and you know that this is going down in history and it is going out to the world. And so, yeah, I was nervous, but I, I he asked me, um, like, why are you doing this? Not many people would do this. Are you afraid? And I said, I'm not afraid. I put my faith in God and not man. And um, yeah, that 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 was a moment for you, huh, Melissa? Yes, it was. Um, just because you know, they always say, you know, you have faith till you gotta walk it out, right? You gotta mm. walk out the faith. And I trusted. It's like I just knew he would take care of me. Um, mm-hmm. not even like mo- like money wise, just he would take care of me. Um, he would guide me, and he's continued to do that. And um, I, I just wouldn't, none of this would have happened without him. So, right. Do you feel you. comfortable? Oh, you're sweet. Um, but you're right. I, I mean, he, he prepared us, you know, yes. he, he says, I called you by name. You are mine. And, um, and I feel like he said the, who will go, who will go. And I said, I will, cause uh-huh. I wanted to quit Pfizer for a long time. And but I put it in God's hands and I said, I want to leave, but it's up to you, God. You're going to have to have me fired because I can't quit. You need to have me fired. Uh-huh. And I said, if I'm going to be here in Egypt, can you at least use me? You know, I thought I was there to just preach the gospel to people, which believe me, I did every day. <laughs> I love it. And, yes. uh, so I just thought I was there to preach the gospel. And it turns out he had other plans. He had bigger plans. And remember, he gives us more than we could even think about. Yes. And so I said, use me. Here I am. And he did. Yep. That's what I did. June of 2020. I said, all right, father, your will be done. Cause uh, Lord knows I can't go on like this anymore. And a year later, um, he was like, record this. And I did. And the rest is history. So do you feel comfortable talking about your upbringing being atheist? Yeah, totally. Um, I grew up in a family that called themselves Catholic, but I wouldn't say they were strict Catholic. Um, I would say my grandma and all of them were more strict Catholic, but not my mom. My dad was an atheist. Still, um, he was an atheist all my life. Um, I went to a Catholic church one year when I was a kid. Um, my mom drugged me to church, a Christian church when I was, you know, high school. Cause I was, you know, um, I didn't drink actually till I was 21, but I still went to parties. I was still out all night. When I turned 18, I'd go to the club, you know, and stuff like that. But, uh, I never believed, I never heard the gospel. I thought Jesus was just a religious teacher teaching peace in a time of war. Um, I didn't know, didn't even know what Christianity or church was. I wouldn't listen um, when I'd go to church. Yeah, I uh, 
it would go in one ear and out the other. I'd be thinking about what boy or what club or mm-hmm. what friend, you know, I, I never really paid attention. And then, um, you know, I, I had a good childhood. Um, I have great parents. Um, I was the oldest out of three girls. Uh, my parents got divorced when I was probably 12 years old. Um, and there's a lot of trauma behind that divorce. Um, I probably won't go into detail on that, but let's just say I'm the one who had to bring forth information that ruined, ended my family's or my parents' marriage. Wow. So that was rough on me. Yeah. And, uh, we moved to McPherson, which is where the Pfizer plant is when I was a sophomore in high school. And, uh, I worked at fast food, essentially Perkins, Brahms, Dairy Queen, Applebee's, places like that. And then my first job that wasn't food was disability supports. It's a place where it's mentally handicapped people and they like live in their own homes, but they have live in care. Well, 24 seven care. And I was just someone, that's what I did. And then they let me go from there for a reason that was totally ridiculous. They just didn't like me essentially. Um, I'm loud and truthful and a lot of people don't like that. Yeah. Uh, Have you always been that way? Yeah. My mom has always said, no, no one's going to like you, Melissa, when you can't just leave something alone. Like if somebody (laughs) says something that's not true, I'm going to correct them. I don't care if it's the CEO. We're the same. That's how I am. They're like, just let it go. And I, or just do it. And I said, I'm not doing it. Girls are supposed to be quiet. You know, I remember, I'll never forget. I had a grown man tell me that once grown uh, women are supposed to be quiet and only Mm -hmm. speak when spoken to. And I remember thinking, screw that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm way too loud. And I'm, you know, I talk a lot. And so a lot of people didn't like me just because of that. Like there was really no other reason. Like I know some people are unaware of their problems, um, but I'm fully aware of mine. (laughs) I talk a lot. (laughs) I used to cuss a lot before Christ. So I used to cuss a lot of cuss. It was just unattractive to people and people didn't like me. So I lost that job. I was devastated. I went across the street and got hired at Hospira, which um, was bought by Pfizer in 2015. Mm -hmm. So I was technically hired by Hospira and then converted to Pfizer, essentially, is how that worked. Um, But yeah, my childhood's pretty typical American white girl story. Nothing out of the ordinary. I was just an atheist. I didn't believe, and this is going to sound interesting, but I think Christians should take note of this. I quit believing in God when I found out Santa wasn't real. I would like every Christian to take note of that when they tell their children about Santa and they give Santa Claus attributes of God. And then you find out Santa's not real. So that means the Easter bunny's not real. The tooth fairy's not real. And God's not real. Gotcha. That God is just something made up to keep you good. You know, that's, that was what happened to me when I was probably 10 years old. I, I know I had to let that sink in for a second because I'm like, how did that deter you? But I hear you, but you, you know, you believe in the Santa and then you're like, wait, that was made up. So- he knows if you're good or bad. He has a list uh-huh. of if you, you know, uh-huh. he goes around the world and gives gifts. You know, he knows everything. He knows if you've been good and bad. And I, I just remember thinking, believing in that magic of, you know, what every kid probably does, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Santa. And then I found, I was playing hide and go seek at a friend's house and I hid under her parents' bed and there were two 
my friend from Santa. And I, that's when I learned. Oh, that's how you, how old were you? I was probably 10. And then you're like, (laughs) there's oh no. Yes. And so that just totally deterred me from believing in it. I was like, it's just made up to make you behave. That's literally what I would tell people. And, um, the first time I heard the gospel was at Pfizer. I was auditing with a coworker. Um, his name's Ryan. And he just asked me, you know, what do you believe about death after we die? And I said, I think you're dead and you're dirt in the ground. And that's it. And he was just like, well, that's really depressing. Let me tell you about Jesus. Mm. And that was the first time I ever heard that Jesus was um, a divine being and wasn't uh, just a man, a teacher. And so then I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's what Christians believe. I didn't believe it, but I was like, oh, I didn't know that they believed that, you know. Uh And he kind of just kept on me. Um, I struggled with suicidal ideation, uh, porn addiction, um, bisexuality. I had I was a typical left liberal girl and Mm -hmm. uh, I believed in abortion. I everything you can think of. And uh, uh, one uh, remember when I said I'd taken the mental health leave before. I was really depressed and suicidal in 2018. And um, I had the perfect boyfriend. And I always thought if I could just find the perfect boyfriend, I'd be happy because I have the good job. I've got the house. I've got the car. I've got my dogs. I've got everything I could possibly want. I just need a good boyfriend to be happy. Mm-hmm. I had a great man and I still wanted to kill myself. And I finally came to the realization um, that I was going to do it. I didn't like attempt, but I decided I'm going to do it. That's when I uh, seeked help the first time and got the mental health leave. They started me on a drug called Effexor. They gave me a lot of uh, side effects starting up. And they told me if I ever wanted to quit it, um, I'd have to wean myself off slowly because the withdrawal symptoms are the same as getting off of heroin. And so um, I took the leave of absence. And as I was getting ready to take that leave of absence, my coworker, Ryan, he goes, well, why don't you pray about it? And I got livid, Jody. I said, mm. how dare you? I said, how dare you? You're a little daddy in the sky. Can't help me because if he wanted to help me, he wouldn't have made me this way in the first place. You know, things like that. And that's wow. what I said. And I decided that day I'm going to disprove your God. And I spent about eight months researching to disprove. And on January 19th, 2019, I decided I was going to kill myself because I realized it was all true. Um, I'd researched from the science side, not even the Christian side. I watched debates. Um, I spent hours researching probably every day I researched. And um, I finally came to the conclusion. It's true. It's all true. And I've been wrong this whole time. And I decided that moment I'm going to kill myself today. And I decided I was going to throw my phone out the window so nobody could say I was texting and driving and let my wheel uh, set my cruise control to the fastest I'd get my car when there was no cars coming. I was just going to lay the seat back and let it go. And wow, as I was you looking, even had a plan. Oh, I knew I just knew what I was going to do. And um, that as I was leaving, it was a full moon. The full moon was perfect in my sight and I was looking at it and I start to roll down the window because I thought what more beautiful way to die than looking at the beautiful moon. So I start to roll down my window. Keep in mind, I didn't tell anybody this. So that's how I knew I really wanted to do it. Cause all the other times I reached out for help. I didn't want help this time. Right. Right. And I start to roll down the window and I hear this voice or this thought in my head that triumphs everything I'm thinking. And it says, say the sinner's prayer. 
And I thought, well, what's that? I know what the Lord's prayer is. What's the sinner's prayer? And so I roll up the window. I Google it on my phone. Yes, I was driving. I know. <laughs> and uh, I read it. I read the first thing that pops up. And I was thinking like an angel was going to beam down next to me or like Jesus was going to say, welcome to heaven. You know, like I just and then nothing happened. And so I was already crying, but I started crying harder. I threw my phone on the passenger seat floor. I let go of the steering wheel. I threw my hands up and I said, I'm sorry. I said, I know that I feel this way because of my actions and I deserve it. But can you please help me? I don't want to feel this way anymore. I believe who you are. I believe who Jesus was. Please help me. And in that moment, everything changed. Like um, when people say, you know, like you just believe in Jesus and Christianity because you're white and you're in the West and you know, you're an American and you no, know, it's not something you just decide to believe one day. It happens to you. Mm. I had an experience with Jesus in my car driving down the highway where I felt like warm honey was being poured over my head and feet and that I could literally feel things falling off me, like breaking off. Like I could literally feel it breaking off and my music shut off in my car. And I don't even remember the rest of the ride home because I was just in pure eu euphoric bliss. Wow. And, uh, that's when I received the Holy spirit. That's when I was born again. Keep in mind, I hadn't read any scripture at this point. Oh, um, right. You'd only done. Yeah. You had only researched the, the case against him. Yes. And I never, I never studied scripture and none of that. And then when I went to work the next day, I told my friend Ryan, he said, how was your night? And I said, well, something happened. And he's just typing on the computer and he's like, oh yeah, what happened? And I go, <laughs> well, I read the sinner's prayer and he stops typing, but without turning around and he goes, and, and I was like, and I don't know, something happened. And he goes, and what happened? And I told him and he just leaps out of the chair, screaming, clapping, it's being born again. You receive the Holy spirit. And I was like, what is that? What does that mean? And that is where it all began. Um, I started reading scripture and studying really intensely probably six months later. Cause at the beginning you think I'm just, I've got the spirit. I can figure everything out. You know, I'll just listen to the YouTube pastors and they'll tell me the truth. Uh -huh. you know? Right. So that's when I received the Holy spirit and, um, it's all, everything changed. Um, my porn addiction gone. I never watched porn again, still haven't, um, any homosexual desires I had were gone. Um, my, um, effects or drug that I was on, they told me I couldn't quit cold Turkey. I never took another pill and never had any withdrawal symptoms. Um, my suicidal ideation gone still to this day, have not had a desire to kill myself. I've had a desire to depart and be with Christ, but I yes. think that's pretty normal. Um, when you are a Christian and have the spirit, cause you know that there is something better for you. Um, right. but that's all led me to where I am today. And if it wasn't for that day, if it wasn't for that Christian challenging me, who knows, who knows? Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't even worked at Pfizer, who knows where I'd be. So yeah, you, you wouldn't have been there. It, it's so, yeah. Isn't it so cool to look back, you know, because there, there was a, a few moments and realizations that I had, you know, sometimes they just pop up out of nowhere, but I'm like, that's why you did that. 
Oh, that's, that's why you had me lose my job with the disability people so that yes. you could get me where I needed to be. Right. You know, it's just so cool. Like you said, it's like little Easter egg things in your timeline. And it's just, you find them and you're like, Hey, like I was so sad about this, but look what the great thing came from it, you know? Right. And, uh, I mean, and it's even like, you know, I, I talk to people about, like, I was in Fiji. I was in Fiji in 2018. And my daughter um, came there and met me and we were having a good time. And two weeks I was supposed to leave or I was supposed to leave like five days later and she was going to stay for another week. And she's like, mom, stay, stay. And I was like, yeah, my baby girl wants me to hang out with her. I'm not leaving. And so I called up my, my job. Well, first I got all my shifts covered and made sure nobody was in overtime. I worked at a detox and recovery place, which I absolutely loved that job. It was the best job ever. And, um, I it called my boss and she's like, no, you've been gone long enough because I had saved up time. So I was gone for about three weeks at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and she's like, you've been gone long enough. You need to come back. And I'm like, excuse me. I've been gone long enough. Who do you think you're talking to? Um, but I did say, I, you know, I already have my shifts covered and nobody's in overtime. And then she said, no. And I thought, but you know what? I'm a nurse. Like I can get a job anywhere. And, but here's the thing, like a quote unquote Christian would say, that's your responsibility. You were having you know, too much fun. And trust me, I had a Fiji boyfriend, right? <laughs> I had a Fiji boyfriend for like three weeks. My daughter had a Fiji boy or had another boyfriend from Italy. Right? Oh, that's so funny. We, we were having fun. So it wasn't like I was, you know, I, being a, a good Christian, let's say, right. I, I had yeah. a boyfriend. He was 10 years younger than me and we were having a good time. <laughs> No, I think he was my daughter's age. It was funny. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, it was it was good time. So people would say, oh, no, that you weren't doing Christian things and this and that. But had I I I had peace, I prayed on it. I said, should I go? Should I stay? And I had had a peace to stay. Now, if I would have not stayed and not have lost the job, I never would have started working for the Native Americans and I never would have blown the whistle. So that's where I I feel so much about uh, it's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. What do you think about that phrase? So it's a very interesting thing I'm going through in my life right now because I'm very confused. So I started out as a Calvinist in my faith, which is a very dark fire brimstone belief system of Christianity. It's the belief that God picked who'd go to heaven, picked who'd go to hell. And then we just got to figure it out essentially that he makes everything happen, but doesn't make you sin somehow, you know, different things like that. And um, it wasn't until I started reading the scriptures for myself that I started to form my own theology and realize, Hey, stuff I've been being told here isn't right. Cause here's a scripture that says that's not right. You know? And I, got obsessive and I read the Bible through and through several times. And then now since whistleblowing, I've read it even more, but I was still thirsty for wanting to know our savior and our father. And I wanted more scripture. So I started reading like book of Enoch, different things like that. Um, the, uh, dead sea scrolls. Um, I've, I personally believe the Holy spirit told me the answers in the dead sea scrolls for all of our confusion these days. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I started reading books that were in the Dead Sea Scrolls and I'm kind of going through a change of what I believe because I was actually, I've gone on this path from Calvinist to Universalist, which is everyone goes to heaven. Um, and then I kind of came back to your typical doctrine Christianity, which is, you know, the rapture, preacher, rapture, um, once saved, always saved, um, the Trinity, for example, all the things that are taught on Sunday in a typical Christian church. And then I've kind of, um, something happened. Um, I heard the voice of the Holy spirit or or the father. I'm not really sure which it was, but it was one of them. If not the same, it's the same, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't some booming voice from outside of me. It was a quiet voice within my heart. Mm -hmm, And I literally heard it here. I don't know how that doesn't make sense. I heard it here. I didn't hear it with my ears. I heard it Uh here. And uh, I fell asleep watching a movie, a video, a podcast video of this guy telling him how God speaks to him. And I'd been praying, God, you know, if this guy hears from God, tell me. And if you're speaking to me, tell me, I want to know. And this video was three hours and I was falling asleep about an hour in and I fell asleep and I heard this voice. I was like in that in-between stage of asleep and awake. And I heard this voice and it radiated through my entire body. I felt it. And it was the most loving, amazing voice ever. And it uh, felt like when I was born again, it was that feeling of love, peace, joy, comfort, all of that. And it said, wake up and pay attention. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes. And I woke up. I said, okay. I woke up. I said, okay. And I got this all on video because there's a security camera where I did it. And I just jerk awake and I say, okay, I'll pay attention. And as I'm watching the video, the guy in the video goes, okay, now pay attention. (laughs) and so and he goes to proceed how god talks to him and i was just i felt like that was god blatantly answering me hey this is how i do it you need to be more aware of how i'm speaking to you because Mm -hmm. then whistleblowing happened two months later wow praise god yes i hear you and everybody has this ability um but i've gone through a drastic growth in my relationship with the lord because now i'm getting to the stuff where i believe i believe even the mainstream church is wrong Absolutely. Like, yeah. like there's no correct denomination anymore. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I believe there's truth in almost every denomination. There's even truth in other religions that doesn't make the whole religion true, but it does make, mm-hmm. no, they have history just like we have our history, right? Of the right. Christian scriptures. So right now I'm on this process of breaking down your doctrine and just reading what scripture says. Mm-hmm. And I've been studying the Hebrew, the Greek, um, going into all of those. And I, I've come to realize we are greatly deceived in this world. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, it, it is a relationship because I tell you what, I know in my heart who I belong to and he knows who I belong to. And it doesn't matter if I, if I had a Fiji boyfriend um, right. Right. <laughs> you know, and stuff like <laughs> He truly loves us, but he also, you also truly need to be his. So that's where I'm at is I know he loves me and I love him, but I'm letting him for my theology now rather than people. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. You know, I grew up in, um, in a great church and the, and the amazing thing is, is that, um, you know, I, br- I grew up in a Pentecostal church, uh, but yeah, yeah. I heard the the end times prophecy every single day that we went there, right? And you know, and I got away from it. But I, when I found, I found discovering the Jewish Jesus, Rabbi Schneider. I don't know if you've heard of him. 
Um, and then uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. And yes, that's somebody God spoke to me through. Oh, yeah. I actually got to meet him. I was super excited. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Actually, uh, Benjamin got saved by him in 20. Well, saved at his church in 2020. Uh huh. We we went there. We that's um, awesome. We were actually there when he was when we were praying for America and Mm -hmm. um and repenting. And so yes, I definitely believe God's told me he's on to something. I don't know if he's 100% right. I don't know everything he believes, but some of the stuff I hear just resonates in my spirit. And I know it's true. Same, same. He has this book out called Return of the Gods. Yes. And it's amazing. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. I, well, I, we bought the DVD set. That's the mm-hmm. book in DVD form. And yeah, me and my husband love it. My husband bought almost all the books when we, when we saw him speak for my birthday gift last September in mm-hmm. Dallas. He was with Jimmy Evans and all these other guys, which again, you know, I believe not one person has all the answers, but we mm-hmm. each have a puzzle piece to bring mm-hmm. that God's revealed to us. And we can put it into this beautiful puzzle that shows us who God is, but not one person knows everything. So if I say, Hey, I like Jimmy Evans, that doesn't mean, Hey, he knows everything. That's right. Absolutely. It's right. Like, I like Jack Hibbs, you know, I like, you know, Perry stone. I mean, there's several I can listen different- to a, a, I see now that I've studied more scriptures that aren't in our canon anymore that they threw away and have hid from us. Mm-hmm. Um, the more I realize I get why people believe what they believe that I would have said were heretics or I would have said were new age, or I would have said mm-hmm. they're a false Christian. They're saying false doctrine, you know, all of that. But it's the truth is the Protestant church, unfortunately is still the Catholic church just mm-hmm. without all the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Right. Unfortunately. right. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I wish we had more time though. Me too. Um, I, you know, I did tell you about the new community that I have. Did I tell yes. you about the truth movement? Yeah. I would love for you to be a part of that. I think you would bring a really special energy to this group of women because it's all about, um, empowering women of, of faith, right? I, I believe the Lord is gathering his remnant and, um, and we need things coming. Oh yeah. And we, if and it we, ain't Jesus. It's, it's fire. Right. <laughs> it Jesus, it's fire. Okay. So we've got to, we got to equip ourselves, you know, we got to be the best we can be and, you know, and, and shine our light out in the darkness you know, but thank you, Melissa. I, I really appreciate it. And I know that your message is going to resonate with so many people and it is amazing, but that's all the time we have for today. Friends, uh, join us here weekdays, Monday through Friday at 10 AM Eastern time and 11 PM for our encore presentation. All of our shows go to podcast a day later. So make sure that you are liking, sharing, subscribing, and reviewing our shows. We really appreciate it. And if you want to send an email, um, go to nurses at americaoutloud.com. You can send an email to for Melissa, and I will make sure she gets it. I will also put her contact information in the show description. So go to americaoutloud.news forward slash nurses out loud, and you can get her information on there. Um, until next time, friends, be safe, be well, and God bless. It's time.